So, not one, not two, not three. So on the front row here tonight, we have coming in to anchor it all. It's going to be Brad Sabat. Let's hear it for Brad. The man, the drummer, the keyboardist, the anointed rapper, the worshipper. He's going to be bringing us home strong. In the middle, we have often seen at Bankstown in the mornings, but frequently here at night, Hinny Emanuel, the revelator. She's going to be bringing up in the middle, so get ready for that. But to kick us off tonight, we've heard from one half earlier in the evening. We heard from Andrea, but now we're going to listen, hear, and be engaged and get excited. We hear from Adriel. Come on, let's invite him up as he preaches the word. Hey church, how are we? Man, what an intro. That was ridiculous. I feel like I'm running a relay now. I feel like I've got to pass the... Oh, I can actually pass the baton over. That's awesome. Hey church, thank you so much. You guys can take a seat. Um, and I just want to thank our pastors. Thank you to Pastor Hartley and Pastor Natalie for believing in us, uh, for trusting us to take us to the next level. Um, and also our pastors at Bankstown, Pastor Dylan, Pastor Amanda, we love them. We love all of you guys, but thank you for this opportunity. Hey, um, why don't we pray before we get started, and I'll, I've been given a short time, so I'll, I'll stick to it. Lord Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you for mics. And we pray, Lord God, that Holy Spirit, you would be here tonight. I pray, Holy Spirit, that it would be your voice that is heard tonight above all, or above all else, Lord God. And we just commit tonight into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Awesome. Hey, you know what? Me growing up, a little bit about me, I love sports. I'm a sports fanatic. Um, I love sports. Um, and a lot of my childhood was spent playing sports. Um, so I played cricket, started off playing cricket. And then I thought, you know, just because I'm Sri Lankan, I want to break out of that cliche. I want to leave cricket behind me. And so I started going to tennis and other things, never swimming because Sri Lankans can't swim. Um, but I started, yeah, Enoch. Um, but, <laughs> but I got into football. I used to play rugby league. Right? And I remember there was one line I heard over and over again in, in every training session, every game, everything. And that was the coach and the players around me saying, up in a line, in a line, boys, in a line. That's all you hear, in a line, in a line. And what that used to mean was basically when you come up as a line in defense, you've got a better chance of holding the offense out. But if someone shoots out of that line and goes on their own, it leaves a vulnerability in the line. And it kind of was a critical thing in my in my learning of football at, at the beginning, but also pertaining to what we're going to be talking about tonight. So we're going to be continuing our One Another series. We've been doing this amazing series called One Another. And uh, tonight we're focusing on the body um, or the church of Christ, the body of Christ. Um, we're going to look at two attributes of the body that I thought about when I was preparing this message. Just two attributes. Don't have much time, so we'll get into it. The first attribute, when I thought about the body, the body of Christ, the church, was that we are one body. We are one body. You know, when I think of the church, I think of a collective. That's how I think of the church. I think of words like we. I hear words like members. I hear words like family. It's, it's a collective term that I, that I picture when I picture the, perch, uh, picture the church. Paul talks about the church in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verses 12 to 13. And, he's, and he describes it like this. The human body has many parts, 
but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves. I'm praying none of us today for that. Some of us are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and share the same spirit. You know, Paul uses the picture of a body to show us that how we all fit into this body of Christ. He gives us this picture of a body. You know, but he caps off the picture by uh, showing us this central head or this commonality. And he closes it by saying, and we all share the same spirit. We all share the same spirit because we're all believers of Jesus. We all share that commonality between us. You know, if I look at the physical body, so the physical body, there's all different parts of the body. We've got hands, feet, we've got a whole bunch of different things. But, and they're all set up to do different things. But there's one central organ that defines the movements and the instructions for those, for those parts, and that's the brain. The brain sends messages to tell my feet, if I want to run, to start pumping. It tells my muscles, the quads, to start contracting and, and letting go. It's, my arms start pumping to give me balance. My lungs start filling up with air and blowing it out. My heart starts increasing capacity for blood flow. It's all aligned in the one direction because my brain, being that central thing, is telling it the instruction to go. So even though I've got different parts doing different things, they're all aligned in going in the one direction. They're not conflicting or contradicting each other. They're doing the same thing, accomplishing different things. And that's the image of church that Paul is trying to portray in this message. You know, one, another thing that I used to do when I was young was jigsaw puzzles. I love jigsaw puzzles. I, I still would do it if I had time. Um, but I just love the sense of accomplishment. But you know what? When you get a jigsaw puzzle, the first thing you do after you tip all the pieces out was you turn the cover over and you look at that picture. Because when you look at that complete picture, you have a context of where all the pieces fit. You have a, you have a context of how this is meant to look in perfection, in completion. And, and that's the image of the church I see. We're all different parts, but we have a part to play in this bigger picture. You know, each of us has a relationship with Jesus, and therefore a relationship with each other. We're all called to be in relationship with each other. You know, it's important to remember that we're not just doing our own thing, but we're all doing it for the same reason. So we may be doing different things, but we're all doing it for the same reason. When there is alignment and unity, the church has power and effectiveness. That is where power and effectiveness comes in, when we have unity and alignment in, in, in the different things we do. All right, moving quickly to the second attribute. The second attribute. And it's kind of funny because it's kind of contradicting the first one. The second attribute is that we are individuals. We are individuals. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a, uh, a dinner party, um, and it was the first time I saw Rose and Dorian after they came back from their massive holiday. Um, and so Dorian was filling me in on some of the things they, they got up to. Um, and one of the things he told us about was that they went to some vineyards in, in Burgundy, I believe. Burgundy. And, and he was telling me this interesting thing, that the vines in, in Burgundy, they actually got, or in all of Europe, got actually decimated by disease. So there's no actual vines that are European. What they did was they um, imported some vines from Australia and US and planted them in, in there. But they didn't want to lose the characteristics of the, the character of the grapes, or the, the flavors and all that from Burgundy. And so what they did was they actually planted the Australian and the US vines and they grafted the vines of the European Burgundy grapes onto those vines because they found out that the US and the Australian vines were susceptible to that disease. So they were able to fight it, but 
they were still able to graft the vines of the, the burgundy grapes to it. And as he, was, as he was telling me the story, I was getting a download from the Holy Spirit. That usually happens when Doran speaks anyway, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was just getting this download, this picture, the Holy Spirit saying, that's you and me. I am that vine that's planted and you're grafted to me. You know, on your own, you're not susceptible to the attacks of the enemy. You can't face the things the, the enemy is going to. So I'm going to hold firm. I'm going to hold that foundation down for you. But as you graft yourself onto me, you've got freedom to be yourself. You've got freedom to be your flavor, your color, whatever it is. You have that freedom to be an individual. You know, grafting is joining two things in one. But it doesn't mean the two mesh into the one. The two actually re retain their characteristics, but they become better together. That is what grafting is. When they come together, they, have, they get the benefits of each other and they become even better together. You know, we don't lose our individuality in this body. We embrace and ask how we can benefit it. We, we need to celebrate the differences as we're all just important in the body as the next. And if I think about our church, you know, our church is amazing. We have different ministries that cater to different parts, to different parts of the people that we're trying to reach. I mean, we have service locations in Silverwater, Maryland, Bankstown, soon to be Parramatta. We have the C3 Cares Ministry. We have C3 New Life. We have C3 Youth, Young Adults. We have Real Men, Every Woman. We're just celebrating our differences because we're still trying to do the same work, but through different ways of doing it. And that is the, the beauty of our individualism that we can bring as a church body. You know, me starting off in ministry was all about just doing the basic things. I started off organizing games in a youth group. That's how I started in ministry. When my pastor told me he wanted to use me more, I was thinking, do I get a role? Do I get a title? No, I get to organize games. That's how I started in ministry. But as I became faithful to that, and I just did that over and over again, he slowly started giving me more and more opportunities. So with that, I just, wanted, I just wanted to encourage us that we all have a part to play in God's body. It may be a small part, but when we do that faithfully, God starts to reveal more and more about our gifts and starts to use us for more and more of His glory. So we just want to thank you for the opportunity. I just want to call up Hini to continue on tonight. Hello. Oh, sorry. Well, thank you, Pastor Hartley and Pastor Natalie, for this opportunity. Um, I never take this lightly. Um, so thank you for this opportunity, for entrusting this microphone in my hand. Um, so just carrying on from what Dish was saying, actually, I'm just going to start by saying what he finished saying, is that we all have a part to play. We all have a part to play in the body of Christ, whether you believe it or not. We all have a part to play. But I just want to start with this. The calling. Our first calling in life is to be like Christ. That is our first calling. We need to imitate Christ. And so sometimes we sit around or we're standing, you know, just walking around, walking through life, days turn into months, months into years, and we're still asking, God, what's my calling? What's my calling? You know, what are these great things that you want to do through me? Tell me what the calling is. And he's just sitting there going, I've just asked you to be like me. <laughs> 
You know, it's just we are to imitate Christ. We are to imitate him. We are following Jesus in his footsteps. So what does it mean to be like Christ? What does it mean to be like Christ? Well, the Bible tells us that Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And ultimately, he gave his life as a ransom for us. But why, God? Why did you do that? Why did you give your only son? Why did you sacrifice your only son on the cross for us? We were sinners. We did not deserve this. Why did you do it? Well, let me tell you, the scripture (laughs) that echoes across the earth, whether you're a believer or not, there is one scripture that echoes across the earth, and that's John 3, 16. It said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So if you're sitting there and you're asking yourself, why did he do it? There is one word in that scripture that explains everything. And that is love. See, Christ is the definition of love and love is the definition of Christ. So if we're imitating Christ, we're imitating love. And one of the ways of demonstrating love to one another is to serve one another. Or let me rephrase that, one of the ways of demonstrating Christ is serving one another. And it says in 1 Peter 4.10, it says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So first of all, the gift that we have received, we have received the gift of life. Why? I just explained it to you because of love. Now, the reason I'm talking about love is because we always ask why. Why? And I believe why is the thing that sustains us when we serve one another. Our motives cannot be about finding recognition from man because you will end up you will end up disappointed. <laughs> you will not be satisfied, nor will it last. Our motivation needs to be love. Now, I'm just going to tell you a little story about how I started in, in ministry. Um, when I first started coming to Silverwater, my service to the Lord was cleaning windows. You know, I was on the service host team, cleaning windows, cleaning the toilets, whatever needed to be done, because to me, that was my service to the Lord and then to the people of the church. Because, you know, I don't do stage very well. It's like, no, no stage. Um, (laughs) So, and um, after uh, Heather, Heather Bullman at, at the time, her name was Heather Bullman, she actually approached me and she said, oh, do you sing? She's coming like, because she's so, such a happy, happy lady. She's like, oh, do you sing? You should come to our um, next uh, worship rehearsal. You know, it's coming up, so come along. It'll be great to have you there. And I'm standing there like, no. <laughs> I don't sing. <laughs> I'm not a singer. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, the, the reason I said no straight away, because to myself, see, I'm, I was judging myself. I, was, I thought I wasn't good enough. And so it became true according to myself. 
that no, I'm not a singer and I don't sing. But see, the thing is, if we surrender our life to God, he is the only one that can judge us. We can't even judge ourselves. He needs to be the one that judges us. So he's, he took me on this journey, um, and as I started to walk with God, you know, my, my faith became stronger. So I was in daily, you know, you do your daily prayers, you do your daily devotion. And the thing, the thing about this is when you spend time with someone, you begin to talk like them. You begin to act like them. So every day when you're communing with God, you're speaking to him, you're communing with him, you're starting to see situations and circumstances through his eyes. They are no longer through your flesh, but through his eyes. And the great thing about it is that one day, he gave me a revelation of the love for me, for me individually, for Henny. You know, and until we have that revelation of how much he loves us, then we are able to share that love with others. As, as I said before, I don't do stage well at all. <laughs> Even when I used to receive awards from, from school, I used to do these ones. Shake the principal's hand, just stand there with my head down. <laughs> I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't look ahead. But you know what? God is not looking for a great voice. And he's not looking for fancy words. He's not looking for anything fancy. He's looking at our heart. And the Lord... The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong behalf, on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. See, God needed to take me on that journey in order for me to see, to understand that he is ministering through me. It's got nothing to do with me. I actually had to get over myself and just get out there because you know what? Because the gift and the talents, we all have been given gifts and talents, but it is not for your benefit. It is for the benefit of other people to serve other people. And it's important, you know, that we, we are serving from a place of love. As I mentioned earlier, the Lord is looking at your heart. So if we say that we love the Lord like, like we say we do, we are to love others just as he has commanded us to. So as each one of us, as each one has received a gift, what is the gift? It is the gift of life. Why? Because of love. And then it says in Peter, minister it to one another. Love. Minister love. Minister Christ. You can replace that with Christ. Christ is love. Love is Christ. Minister Christ. Minister love to one another. Everything you do, we are, representat we are representatives of Christ. So whether you're cleaning the toilets, whether you're behind the stage, whether you're behind the pulpit, it needs to be done because of the love that he has for you, not because of anything else, because love has no boundaries, it has no limits. So if that's what we're ministering, let me tell you, there are no boundaries or limits in what God can do through you. So... <laughs> Let's get out there and serve up love. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So I'm just going to invite uh, Bradley up. So keep your hearts engaged.
Good evening, church. You, you two were awesome. Amazing. Thank you, Pastor Hartley and Pastor Natalie, for your constant support and leadership in this house. Now, I want to start by reading 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4. Dear, she stole my verse, but that's all right. This is the message version, the spiritual, the spiritual take on it. <laughs> nah. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in his spirit. His various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is giving something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the spirit and to all kinds of people. Now that, I don't really need to say anymore. That verse explains it all it then goes on to list more gifts and verse 11 says all these gifts has have a common origin but are handed out one by one by the one spirit of God he decides who gets what and when and I believe that the church is full of gifts just as the body is made up of many parts God has created each and every one of us with purpose and a part to play in his kingdom now I was listening to the bishop I love what T.D. Jake says. He describes the body of Christ as being both content and container. We are the containers and the spirit is the content, just like that verse. They all originate in God's spirit. He talks about being formed and filled to function. God formed the sky and filled it with birds. He formed the sea and filled it with fish. Amen. He formed the earth and filled it with creatures. But he formed Adam, he formed man and filled him with breath. And if you have been filled with the breath of God, then you have to function. Because if we are not functioning, are we even a part of the body? Matthew 21 verses 18. Early the next morning, Jesus was returning to the city. He was hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree alongside the road, he approached it anticipating a breakfast of figs. When he got to the tree, there was nothing but leaves. He said, no more figs from this tree ever. The fig tree withered on the spot, a dry stick. The disciples saw it happen. They rubbed their eyes saying, did we really see this? A leafy tree one minute, a dry stick the next, but Jesus was matter of fact. Yes, and if you embrace this kingdom life and don't doubt God, you'll not only do minor feats like, the, like I did to the fig tree, but also triumph over huge, ob huge obstacles. This mountain, for instance, you'll tell, go jump in the lake and it will jump. Absolutely everything, ranging from small to large as you make it part of your believing prayer, gets included as you lay hold of God. Now, if I was one of the disciples, these guys were freaking out like, oh, the, the, the fig tree withered. I would have been like, Jesus, what did this fig tree do to you? We've walked past an olive tree, an orange tree, a banana tree, and you've cursed this fig tree. Maybe it was winter. Maybe it wasn't fig tree season. I don't know. But what we do know is that the fig tree had leaves and it was alive. And its one gift was to make figs. It had one job, to make figs. <laughs> but Jesus couldn't bless it because it didn't function. And it wasn't a part of what he had created it to be. And six verses before that, Jesus kicks over the tables in the temple, threw everyone out. You know, um, 
he quoted this text, my house was designated a house of prayer. The body of Christ was there, but how was it functioning? The fig tree was there, but had no fruit. So what does it mean to function as part of the body? Now, I know all of you watch Game of Thrones, so don't <laughs> pretend that I'm the only one here. I'm just joking. I've, I've started not long ago, but it's not biblical. I'm not encouraging it. I'm using it as an example. There's one character. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, <laughs> her name is Daenerys Targaryen. Now, the whole idea of this show is that there's one throne and everyone's fighting to be king or queen. Now, this, this girl, her name is, yeah, I said that. Uh, she's also known as the mother of dragons because she has three dragons. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> but she needs an army to fight for her so that she can, you know, you know, take her claim for the throne. So she makes a deal with this guy in the desert. And she's like, you know, I won't ruin it for you. I'll give you my biggest dragon, but I need your army. Now, this guy has an army, and they're a slave army. There's 8,000 people. And from birth, that's, that's what they've been created to be. They're like robots. So they, they make the transaction. She gives him the dragon. He gives her this golden whip. And that, whoever holds that symbol like, has the power over this army, has control. She's like, is that it? Is it done? He's like, yeah, yeah, they're yours. So she's like testing it out. Like, okay, come step forward. And they're, oh, and they're okay, step back. Touch your toes. Pick your nose. They do everything she said. And then at the end of the scene, she throws the whip on the floor and she said, you have been slaves all your life. Today you are free. Any man who wants to leave, no harm will come to you. Or will you fight for me as free men? And every single one of them stayed to fight for the one who freed them. 1 Peter verse, chapter 5, verses 2 says, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Our freedom was also bought by the physical body of Jesus, which we now represent on earth as the body of Christ, not under compulsion, but willingly. But there's no point in the head leading the way and carrying the vision if the legs aren't moving with it. Even Jesus started by building his ministry and placing 12 disciples around him a tax collector, a zealot, a bunch of fishermen. These guys would not want anything to do with each other, but they all came together unified, working for his cause because they felt the calling, they felt the purpose. Ephesians 4 verses 15 to 16. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now the message version says, His very breath and blood flow through us because we have been formed and filled to function. The ESV version says, Fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament. Now, ligaments are similar to muscles, except what they do is connect bone to bone. Now, my gifts are now my fruits, but I didn't know that before I offered them to God until I started to serve and found out what part of the body I am. Now, I'll close with this. 
back on the, on the ligaments thing, with serving and especially growing the capacity at which you serve, it's easy to see why the church is called the body of Christ. We are not the savings account of Christ where we can spend all our volunteering efforts. My feet don't wake up and say, you know what, Brad, not today. Like, you know, not going to happen. I'm not going to, you know, support you. <laughs> you better. We are the body of Christ. Our serving is not a currency, it's a muscle. I can't run out of service. This is my gift. This is my fruit. This is my part in the house. I can grow tired. I can need a break or a rest like a muscle, but I don't want to become like the fig tree that withered because it, it didn't bear the fruit. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it, didn't, it wasn't called. It was called and created to be something that it wasn't fulfilling. Come on. Outstanding. Come on, let's give it up for three incredible voices, three mighty servants of the Lord. Come on. I didn't think I was going to have to retire this early, but hello. Hello. Incredible. Great words. And do you know what I love? They, they are who they are today because they got the revelation of serving in the house of God. They got the revelation of how important it is to be part of the body and to be part of the body and, and put in time and effort. Whether it started with Hinny cleaning toilets and, and washing windows, whatever it was, they've, they've learned what it means to, to serve in the house of God. And the house of God doesn't operate without people just like these three beautiful anointed carriers of the presence of God. It just doesn't happen without people saying, yeah, I'm going to be part.